Thank you for joining me today. My name is James Briscoe. I'm an ordained Baptist preacher, and God has called me to be one of his prophets in these latter days. Prophets came to warn the people when the religious establishment weren't doing their job, came to warn them of their sins and that God was going to move against them. My purpose is to call out the remnant, the elect, and tell them that we're drawing closer and closer to that day in which Jesus Christ will light the skies and he'll call us up in the rapture. So, you remnant, you need to get ready because he's coming back soon. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing us to come out. And we thank you for all that you do for us. We ask you, the Holy Spirit, to speak through me and for me and to someone who is out there listening and wants to know the truth. And we'll give you all the praise and honor and glory forever and ever. In Jesus' name and for his sake, amen. Our subject today is, what day was Jesus born on? What day was Jesus born on? I'm going to read and then comment as I go along in this podcast. So let's get started. Our subject is, what day was Jesus born on? But first I want to define the term Christmas. The, the definition of the term Christmas is, in Greek, means Christ's coming. Christ's coming. The Google, which is modern day, and I don't really accept a lot of stuff they have, they say is Christ's birthday. But it's really Christ's coming. That's what the Greek says. So let's move into our subject today. What day was Jesus born on? This question has been posed for the past 2,500 years. There are over 200 Old Testament prophecies concerning Jesus' first advent into the world. Many of these prophecies deal with his birth, his name, his mother, and her status as a virgin, and the place in which he was born. But none of them tell us on which day that Jesus was born on. Today, we know that he was not born on the 25th of December. And there is nothing found in the New Testament that alters this fact. However, we do know something about that particular period of time. This period of time has the winter solace or solace. That is around the 21st of December. And that's the day that I'm broadcasting this podcast. During this winter solace, this period of time, in the Roman Empire, the pagans, and that's what they were in the Roman Empire, would celebrate the solace period, this winter, the winter solace, as a pagan holiday. These pagans believed that this was a period in which the spirits of darkness won out over the spirits of light because of the longer day of darkness 
during this period of time. So the solace, the 21st day of December is what begins it. And winter goes from December all the way to March. So this period, the days are shorter than the nights. I mean, are shorter than the nights. That's right. The nights are much longer. And they believe these pagan had this holiday on this, believing that the spirits of darkness had went out against the spirits of life because of the longer day of darkness. There is no biblical or secular history that tells us if there was a significant practice of the celebration of Jesus' birthday before they, that's the first century Christians, adopted the 25th of December to celebrate on. However, we do know that late in the first century, the Christians decided that they would use this pagan holiday to celebrate Jesus' birthday on. There was an apparent reason why they chose this day. You hear that? There was a reason why they chose this day. It was to overshadow or overturn this pagan celebration and institute a Christian holiday to celebrate the birth of the Son of God. You see, there was a purpose, and that purpose was to overturn that pagan holiday which was in the Roman Empire, overturn that and have a day to celebrate a Christian holiday, which they did not have, but they were celebrating Easter, but they did not have anything on his birth. So there was a purpose in doing it. Jesus Christ coming. And as I say, Christmas means Christ coming. The first century Christians were much bolder and had courage and words of people of courage than us spineless Christians today. They faced physical persecution and verbal abuse from the people that they lived among, the pagans. To choose to celebrate Jesus' birthday was a fearless and, act, and an act of courage to attempt to demonstrate Jesus' love within the fellowship of Christian believers. That's what it was, to show how Jesus had taught them to love one another. They wanted the pagans to witness the love that Jesus taught and see how they, the Christians, practiced this sacrificial love. Their fearlessness exemplified their belief in God's only begotten Son. That's what it is. The fact is that many Christians had already died in the Roman Colosseum years before this act of fearless and courage came into existence. Remember, many of the first century Christians, especially early in that first century, were martyred in the Roman Colosseum. The purpose of Christmas has not stopped by very real, but is very real today. The purpose of persecuting Christians has not stopped, but very real today. Over 200,000 Christians were martyred last year 
2021, over 200,000 Christians were killed. We are the most persecuted religious group in the world today. The Christian church here in America has never experienced the level of persecution that Christians in Africa, and especially Nigeria, and the Middle East, where the Muslims are, and China are experiencing right now. There are over 150 million Christians in China, and they experience persecution by the Chinese Communist government. The Christian church in Europe has just about died with a large buildings with only a few believers attending on a given sun, Sunday. See, the Europeans, they refuse to accept Christ, Christianity in their lives anymore. The killings, the torturing, the raping, and all forms of evil, even refusal to accept Christ, is what Christianity faces even today. The cowardly Christians, the fundamentalists and the conservatives, believe since Jesus' birthday was placed on a pagan holiday, that's true, this makes Christianity just another pagan holiday too. They use the fact that this day is so commercialized, it is more than a, it is more like a modern pagan holiday even today. I agree and I disagree with this mode of thinking. The fact is evident that over the past 2,000 years, the original belief, that's the first Christians had, first century Christians, the, religion, the original belief that the first Christians adopted has been lost to some degree. However, the problem is our fault because we have lost the fact that Jesus is the reason for the season. We are just a group of just we are just a spineless group of Christian believers who have lost the fairness and the boldness that the Christians, the Christian believers had in Christ in those past years. Jesus said this to them. He left this message with them, that first century Christian, and he leaves it with us today. It's applicable for us today. Jesus said, in this life, you will have tribulations and hardships, but be a good cheer. I have overcome the world. You hear that? Hardships and tribulations. He didn't say this is going to be an easy bed of roses and being a Christian. He said, they hate me and they will hate you. Let's be like the early believers and face up to the world and overcome and overturn their paganism with a strong belief that is based on the unfailing truth that Jesus Christ is the savior of mankind and the reason for the season. We must face up to our fears. We can't. We've got to be like those first century Christians. Like many of the Christians in Africa and Middle East and even in China, they're facing up to their fears. But us here in America, we are a bunch of cowards. 
So let me share some poetic prose from the past concerning our Savior, Jesus Christ, on that day in which he was born. The first poetic prose is from Mary, her song. And I'm only going to read just a portion of it. But if you go to the, the Gospel of Luke and you go to the first chapter and start at the 35th verse and read all the rest of it, you get her song and you get Zachariah's song, you get Elizabeth's song, and all that beautiful, beautiful scripture. But I'm going to use just a portion of Mary's song, her expressions of thanks and praise to God. She said, my soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, beautiful. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. He has helped his servants, Israel, remembering to be merciful as he is, even as he said to our fathers through his chosen spokesman of God, the prophets. She also said, from henceforth, all generations shall call me blessed. Isn't that beautiful? You can read more. Just go to that first chapter, start at 35th of Luke. Now I'm going to take John uh, Zacharias' song that he sang when his son, John the Baptist, the forerunner to Jesus, was born. This is what he sang, his song, his expression of praise and thanks to the almighty God. This is what he said, Zachariah. Remember, God caused him so he could not speak until his son was born. And then he gave his name and what happened? He surprised the people and started speaking again. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come and has redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he has said through the holy prophets long ago. And then he said, and his name shall be called John. And he shall be a prophet of the Lord. And he shall go before the Lord to prepare his way. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? That's what John the Baptist's son said. Let's move on. I've given you two songs of gratitude and praise and expressions of praise. Let me give you my song of, spread, of expressions to God as best found in this Christian carol. My expression to God is best found in this Christian carol. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and air pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary soul rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees, O oh, hear the angels' voices. O oh, night divine, O oh, night divine, when Christ was born, O oh, night divine. Long lay the world in the sin and error, pining. Error means they were wrong about most of what they thought. Pining means you're just sitting around complaining about your problem. Till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. 
And I love this one. A thrill of hope. You hear that? Hope. The weary soul rejoices. For yonder breaks a new and glorious day. Oh, here the angels sing. That's beautiful, isn't it? So beautiful. That's my song expression of expressing to God and is best found in that Christmas carol. Let's get ready to close out. It's much shorter than I normally do, but let's close out. We've got a, little, a few more minutes left. My summary is, I had to give an argument for what the first century Christians who stood so bravely and decided to overshadow or overturn the pagans' day of celebration with a day of thanks and praise for what the Almighty God did by sending a Savior to redeem mankind, that's even the pagans, mankind from the clutches of sin. You see that? I had to give a logical argument for why they chose it. They didn't, they weren't a bunch of fools like most of us Christians today. They had a reason for choosing that pagan holiday period and season to overturn it, to overshadow it with the words and with the grace of our Lord God Jesus Christ and his reason for coming. See, they overshadowed it, they overturned that pagan day with a day of thanks and praise. See, man was locked in the clutches of sin and hellfire. Jesus had to come and redeem us. That's why Jesus is never spoken of as Jesus in the Old Testament. That's the New Testament. But he's always spoken as the Redeemer. He's the Redeemer. He comes and saves us from our sins. He is the Redeemer. Let's keep putting the ungodly, worldly people down. Because we know that Christ will win in the end. You hear that? See, I read the last book in the Bible. The devil has also, too. That's why he's trying to get as many of you to go along to the lake of fire with him. Because he knows that we win in the end we win in the end he knows that that we will win in the end see it ends in a climactic ending as i said in one of those earlier podcasts and jesus christ comes out and he destroys all of his enemies and he sets up the millennial kingdom where he will rule for a thousand years on the throne of David in the new in the Jerusalem that God shall recreate during that thousand year period. Well, I said all that I need to say. I've given an argument for that day. Don't let anybody talk you out of it because it was a pagan holiday that those first century Christians are a bunch of fools like us. They knew exactly what they did. And the truth is they did win out at the end. They overturned that pagan holiday and instituted a religious holiday, even though the world, the pagans, have tried to turn it into a commercialized pagan holiday, a modern commercialized holiday. 
They have not. The true believers, we believe and we know this. Jesus is the reason for the season. And keep celebrating the fact that Jesus Christ came to save mankind and grab us out of the clutches of sin and evil. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year's. We are the winners in the end. You, your humble servant, James W. Briscoe, I say to you, Maranatha, Maranatha, Christ is coming again, and we will have another Christmas is coming to us who are saved. Maranatha, Christ is coming again. See you next year in a brand new podcast. Have a happy new year. Merry Christmas and a happy new year. Thank you so much.